Well, good morning, church. My name is Jacob, and I'm on our student team. Um, but this morning, I'm just excited that you, you decided to spend a little bit of your Sunday with us. And I'm excited because we are continuing in our series um, called Quest 52, and we're moving into a new section of Quest 52. And we're going to start talking about the power of Jesus. And specifically today, we're going to talk about Jesus in the middle um, of storms. And, and, and the interest of being just authentic and being genuine, um, showing just my true colors, I, I just got to tell you right now, I, I don't like storms, okay? I said it, like, there you go. Hi, my name is Jacob. I'm afraid of storms. There you go. Like, I just wanna be honest with all of you right now. In fact, I'm, I'm in the tech booth during worship and our producer, Dale, just leans his phone over and there's a storm like hitting us right now. And I was like, thanks, man. Like, that's awesome. I really love that you just did that to me. Um, I just don't like storms. And we all have our things that we don't like. My wife, for example, she is very afraid, very afraid of dogs and cats. So much so that if we're taking a walk through our neighborhood and we see a loose dog, we will just turn around and go straight home. We won't go to another neighborhood. We won't go to a park. We'll just go straight home because what if the dog's there, right? Like it could follow us there. And so if someone came up to us and said, Jacob and Danielle, it's storming cats and dogs outside. Oh my. <laughs> Whew. Prayers, all right? Like, send up some prayers for the Bales family. I, and maybe you're in here and you're just like, Jacob, come on, man. Storms are, are not that scary. I am not afraid of the storms in my life. And, and, and maybe that is you. Maybe you are crazy and you like storms. Um, I can guarantee you don't like to be caught in the middle of one. You might like to watch it. You might like to be like, man, this is cool. Like I can see the storm coming. But if you're outside, imagine you're just in the middle of a field and a storm is hitting. You're not going to be like, this is great. You're going to be a little nervous. Um, last Wednesday, I was at church and I'm watching the radar all day. And, and it just says severe storms are coming in. The threat of tornadoes are coming in. Just be aware the storms are going to be hitting soon. And so I'm trying to time when I'm going to leave because I want to make it home in time. And, and really, um, it got to the point where I had to not go to my house, but I, I was going to leave church and go to my in-law's house because they have a basement. And so I'm trying to time it and I'm watching the weather and I'm, I'm trying to watch like when I should go. And finally, it gets to the point where it's a little too late. And I think I have to go right now. And so I, I rush out of the church and right when I get outside, the New Albany tornado sirens go off. And I was like, seriously, dude? Like, is this happening right now? And I, I have a decision. I'm like, do I just go back in the church, go to the safe spot, or do I rush to my car? And I made the really wise decision to rush to my car. And so I start to, to, to go really quickly to my car. And I made the mistake of looking into our West Auditorium and there's all these glass doors. And I see like seven, six or seven or eight of our young adult students in there in the lobby, just like looking at the storm. And I'm a dad now. And I went in and just went total dad mode. And I was like, out of the pool, all right? Like away from the windows, everyone single file. We're gonna walk in a single file line into the main building. We're gonna go into our safe spot and we're gonna have fun while we do it, all right? Like you're gonna listen to me. And so we, we I, I didn't get to go and be with my family. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is not happening. And so I'm walking into the church, single file line. We get to our safe room, which was one of our kids' side rooms. And, and, and we're watching Mark Weinberg on my computer. Tell us about how horrible this storm is going to be. And he goes, hey, let's pan to our New Albany camera. And I start to see buildings that I recognize. I'm like, there's the YMCA. There's the exchange. And I, I can see he's like pointing at the clouds. He says, do you guys see this? You see this shelf? And I'm like, what's a shelf? Right? Like, and he's like, do you see this? Like the, the fingers are coming down. And I was like, the storm has hands. Like what is going on right now? 
And he keeps just saying, like, this is not a joke. This is scary. This is, you need to get to your safe spot. And, and I can see, um, I don't see, but I, I know the wall next to me on the other side has loose construction materials, which loose construction materials are not conducive to high winds and Jacobs, right? Like, that's just <laughs> not going to work out for me. And I'm sitting there, and I am just a wreck. And I know that in eight days, I'm preaching about storms. And I think, Number one, funny God. Number two, <laughs> why do I hate storms so much? It made me pause and think, like, why, why, why are storms so scary to me? And I started just to, to write down a few words. I realized that storms are powerful. We have seen the power of storms um, all over. We, we have seen when a storm produces a tornado. We have seen when a storm produces winds of high velocity. Um, I was watching the Masters Golf Tournament last weekend. And one of the days they had to stop the golf tournament because there was such bad weather. And they showed a wind gust blowing down trees on the golf course. There's thousands of people and trees are coming down and no one's yelling for. It was crazy. I was like, what are we doing, guys? A little golf humor for you guys. But storms are powerful. They have the power to do things. They, they disrupt they disrupt our peace. They disrupt our comfort. They disrupt our ease. When I'm sitting um, in the kid's side room, I'm not just like, ah, like this is, they should make this a spa. Like this is great right now. No, because the storm is around me, I can hear it through the roof. I'm, I'm nervous. It's disrupted me. Storms can ruin things. If you have a plan last Wednesday to have a cookout, change that plan into a bacon, all right? Like you're not gonna go outside. It is storming. It is bad. Storms can ruin structures. Um, last August, storms ruined mine and apparently all of New Albany's roofs, right? Like we had roofers everywhere because hail came down and that storm ruined my roof and storms are threatening. And they can threaten security. They can threaten your safety. They can even threaten our livelihood. And today we're asking the question, can Jesus turn my storm into a story? And I think, you know, we can talk about weather storms, but I think all those things are true about life storms as well. See, we all are gonna go through storms of life at some point. I saw a quote this week. Um, my friend Caleb sent it to me. I don't know who said it. And in fact, I tried to find who said it and I just couldn't find it. Um, but it says, in life, you're either... Um, coming out of a storm or in a storm or about to go in to a storm. And I bet that's true for this room right now. I bet if I talk to each and every single one of you after service, you could tell me about the storm that you just came out of. You could tell me about the storm that you're in right now, or you can tell me about the storm um, that maybe you see on the horizon that you're scared about. Or maybe you're thinking right now, like, no, man, like sunny skies for me, I'm, I'm, I'm all good. And you have no idea that tomorrow a storm is gonna hit out of the blue. And, and we all have these stories, um, we have moments where our relationship that we're in ends. It could be a friendship you've held on to for years and then some disagreement happens and it, it ends and you're like, what? this is not how it's supposed to go. It could be a dating relationship, an engagement, or even a marriage where you're thinking, we were supposed to go the distance. We were supposed to go like all the way. This is, this is how it was supposed to be. And then it ends and you're in the middle of this storm that's disrupted your peace. It is, it, it's powerful over you. You're just, you're just thinking, what am I supposed to do? You could have allergies and live in the Ohio Valley, that's a storm, y'all. It's a sneeze storm, good for you. You can get fired or let go. You can get demoted. You can get passed over for the promotion you were supposed to get and all of a sudden you're, you're threatened financially. 
You're thinking, I was counting on that money. I was counting on that job. And now this storm of life is threatening my financial situation. It's threatening my family's like ability to thrive because I don't have the money anymore. I'm in the middle of a storm. Um, there's moments where our, our storms are our failures or rejection. And it could be a social rejection. It could be professional. It could be educational. I know there's seniors in the room. We're in April. College is coming. You have to apply. Maybe you've had like a list of colleges for a long time and you're starting to apply and you're starting to get letters back and they start like this, we regret to inform you. That's a storm because that storm has ruined your future. It has threatened what you wanted to do. Maybe um, a storm is all of a sudden that word cancer has come around your family or your friends and you're thinking that's not, mm, I, I, I know about that word. I've heard about that, I've heard stories about it. I see it on TV, but that's not supposed to happen to my family. Like that, that word's not supposed to come around my friends. No, 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 that, that can't happen. This can't be happening. Or maybe you're like me and then you're, you're just still processing from what happened on Monday morning. I got a text Monday morning from my brother and he said, hey, there's a shooting a block away from where me and dad work. We're on lockdown. And you know what's crazy? My first thought was just like, okay, another shooting. This is, this is where we're at. But then details started to come out. It wasn't just um, another shooting, it was a mass shooting. And I'm thinking, oh, this is not good. And then, unfathomably, I see the names of people. And I see the names of victims. And I'm thinking, wait a second. Wait a second. I know that name. And then, even just more unfathomably, that's the only word I can use, is I see the name of the person who did it. And I think, no. I know that person. I played basketball with him last year. And I'm thinking, what am I supposed to do? Me, I'm talking about storms this weekend. It's Monday. I'm talking about storms on Saturday. And I think, God, what is going on here? What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live? How am I supposed to, to, to figure out the words to say for this weekend? How am I supposed to process this? And I bet if you're a follower of Jesus in this room, when storms hit in your life, whatever that storm may be, there has been a moment where you paused and just said, Jesus, are you even here? Like, can, can you see what is going on to us right now? Are you even here with us right now? Do you even care about what is going on in my life? Do you see this storm? Do you care about the storm? Are you here in this storm? And I just wanted to pause and just tell you really quickly, yeah, he is. Um, but the, the key about our storms is we have to believe in the middle of them that he is. We have to have faith. And church, having faith is choosing to follow Jesus in the middle of your storm. Having faith is choosing to follow Jesus in the middle of your storm. Not just beforehand when things are good, not just after when it seems like it's all past, but in the middle, will you choose to follow Jesus? In the middle, will you, will you choose to believe that he is near? Psalm 34, it says that he is near to the brokenhearted. It's in the scripture. Will you believe it though and choose to follow it in the middle of your storm? Philippians 4 says that we can cast our cares and our worries and our anxieties onto him because he cares for us. But will you choose to believe it in the middle of your storm? Genesis 16, um, God is called um, 
Elroy, he's called the God who sees us. Will you choose to believe that in the middle of your storm, he sees you? Even maybe when it feels like he doesn't. Church, the question I just want to ask you, I'm going to ask you a few times um, this morning. Will you choose to follow Jesus, to have faith in the middle of your storm? Will you choose? Will you decide to say, I'm going to believe that God is for me, Jesus is real, he has a plan, that he is good, even when things around me don't look like they are. We see this play out in Mark 4. Um, and I believe, I say it every time, there is power when the church opens the word together. And so we're going to be in Mark 4. If you have a physical Bible, you can head there now. Or if you've got the digital version, um, you can head there now too. But we're going to start in Mark 4, verse 35. And this is what the word says. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind. All the other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Now, um, storms are super common in the Bible. I hope you know that. Storms, they, they pop up all over the Bible. In Jonah, we see a storm pop up when Jonah decides to not follow God. Um, God gives him a mission. He says, I'm not gonna do it. And then a storm pops up and it kind of has um, a crisis moment for Jonah. In the book of Job, um, the entire suffering that Job goes through is personified as a storm. He is walking through a storm with all of his suffering. Um, the, the apostle Paul in Acts 27, he goes through a storm on a boat and it actually breaks the ship apart and he gets shipwrecked on the island of Malta. And so we see storms all throughout the Bible. It's kind of wild and they happen for different reasons. Um, sometimes storms happen to us. Someone else does something and it causes a storm to hit our lives. Sometimes storms are self-inflicted. I'm a student minister. Um, I, I talk to high school students all the time who, I'm just gonna be honest, have some self-inflicted storms. And I'm gonna give you a gift right now. One of my favorite verses to use with them is Proverbs 19.3. It says, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then blame God. And if you ever want to see a high schooler just kind of stumble over the words, just give them that verse and see what happens. All right, just be like, here you go. <laughs> Sometimes we bring storms on ourselves and they're like, God, what are you doing? And God's like, mm, you, all right, like look in the mirror. And then sometimes storms um, happen for different reasons. And this is one of those times, see, Mark notes that Jesus said to his disciples, hey, let's go to the other side of the lake. And I'm gonna to talk to the Jesus followers in here really quickly. And I'm gonna to talk to the people who want to follow Jesus, but maybe you're a little afraid. Sometimes obedience to Jesus can cause a storm, but it doesn't make him any less worth following. Sometimes obedience to Jesus can, can lead into a storm, but it does not make him any less worth following. And one time I just finished preaching at our young adult service on a Wednesday and I was going home. We just talked about listening to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit speaks, you move. And it's raining, it's pouring down rain. I'm driving home and I see a person um, in the pouring rain who, who has no umbrella. They just have a hoodie and they're walking. And I know where they're walking to because I've seen this walk a thousand times. They're walking to a bus stop and they've got a ways to go. And I was just like, ah, poor guy, just kept driving. <laughs> And all of a sudden I feel the Holy Spirit tell me just in, in, in my bones, it says, hey, you need to give that guy an umbrella. And I just preached on it. So I was like, all right, like I better do this. And I cannot make this stuff up. I look over in my seat and for some reason, I have no idea why there are two umbrellas sitting in the seat. 
And I'm like, this is what preachers dream of, right? Like, I'm gonna give this guy an umbrella and then I'm going to baptize him in a puddle. It's going to be amazing. And so I, I, I whip the car around and I pull up and it's, I mean, it's dark and it's pouring down rain. So I probably terrified this person. And I pull up next to it and I roll the window down and just say, hey, you want an umbrella? The person slowly turns and looks at me and just says, no. <laughs> and keeps going. And I just like, all the confidence left my body. And I was just like, seriously? Like, do you know what I just went through? Now, that's not a storm, right? But it did make me feel like, God, I, I followed you. I did what you want me to do. And it didn't lead to sunny skies. It made me feel like a fool. What is going on here? And obedience to Jesus can sometimes lead to a storm. I was having a really serious conversation with a high school student. He was going through a storm and it just got to the point of the conversation where I just looked at him and I said, hey, um, what do you think about Jesus? Like, is he even worth following in your mind? Is this, is this even worth doing? And he looked at me and this is maybe the realest thing he's ever said to me. He said, I know deep down that following Jesus is the way to go. It is the right thing to do. But I know if I do it, everything in my life will have to change. My friends, how I talk, what I do for fun, everything will have to change. And I, I just looked at him and I was like, yeah, I know you. <laughs> like, like, and see him, obedience to Jesus was gonna cause such a social storm, such a personal storm for him that he was wary to do it. And obedience to Jesus, it, it can lead into a storm in your life, but it doesn't make him any less worth following. And I think that's important that we, we note that in the story. It goes on, Mark 4, 38. It says, Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Does that sound familiar to anybody? Jesus, don't you care that we're going to drown? Maybe yours sounds like this. Jesus, don't you care that my best friend is still struggling with depression? Jesus, don't you care what's going on in Louisville? Jesus, don't you care what's happening in the world? Jesus, don't you care about me? And I think what's like even funnier about this story is that Mark notes what Jesus is doing when they yell this, he's asleep. No one is asleep. Mark was like, and he was on a cushion. He was comfortable, right? Like he takes a moment to say like Jesus was asleep on a cushion during this crazy wild storm. And I think that's important to notice this though, because that means that the, the, the storm wasn't bothering Jesus. He said, let's go to the other side of the lake. And he meant it. He knew that they were going to make it regardless of what came in their path. He was going to make it. See, Jesus he, he lived a life of faith in the Father. He just knew when he said, I'm gonna go across, we're gonna go across. He chose faith. The disciples, they chose fear. And they feared so much that they, they began to question if Jesus even cared about them after all the stuff that they had seen in their lives. And it says, verse 39, they, they, they go to wake him up. It says, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Quick side note, the, like one of the best um, interpretations of that Greek word would just be the phrase, and apologies, but this is the Bible, would be shut up. And I like to think that Jesus got up and didn't even do it in like a powerful, like, be still. He just said like, oh, shut up. <laughs> like, I would just love if that's the way that Jesus did it. 
just looked at the wind, almost annoyed at it and rebuked it and said, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. In the verse 40, he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the winds and the waves obey him. And I love this story because it shows us the power of Jesus. It shows us the deity of Jesus. It shows us how big Jesus is. But please note this. Um, for Jesus, the biggest issue with this whole story wasn't the storm. He doesn't get up and calm the storm and be like, whoa, thank dad that I'm here, right? Like, that was a doozy. Oh, what did you guys do? That was great. He doesn't say that. The biggest issue for Jesus wasn't the storm. It was the lack of faith in the disciples inside the storm. He doesn't get up and talk about the storm. He talks about the disciples. And he says, well, you had no faith in the middle. He never once addresses the severity of what they're going through. He just says, where is your faith in the middle of it? He asked them two questions. The first one, he says, why did you fear? Why are you so afraid? What's funny is that that word afraid is the word dilos. And it's, it's translated to be cowardly or timid. He, he legit just gets up and says like, you cowards, what were you doing? The only other time, one of the other two times, excuse me, that that word is used in the Bible, dilos, in that way, is in Revelation 21, when Jesus is addressing a group of Christians who are breaking under persecution. And he sees the way that they broke faith with Jesus still in the boat and says like, you broke under persecution. You were scared even though I was with you. And he questions why. But then it's really interesting because as it goes on, um, it says in verse 41 that the disciples were absolutely terrified. And he doesn't address that. You know why? Because that word terrified is a different type of fear. See, afraid in verse 39, he says it's dilos, but in verse 41, it's terrified, which is phobeo. And that's the word we get phobia from. And phobia is this striking fear. It's this motivating fear, but it's attached to reverential obedience. And what happens is the, the disciples, they see Jesus for who he truly is. They see the power and the awesomeness and the amazingness, and they are in awe. They are so afraid that it changes the way they live. And that's what he wanted them to have the whole time. That's why when they're absolutely terrified, he doesn't say like, and don't be terrified. Because it, they see Jesus for who he is and it changes the way they live. He says, why are you afraid? And the second question he asks is, where is your faith? And it's almost like these two questions, kind of how we keep saying, you have to choose to follow Jesus in the storm. It's like he's saying, why did you choose fear? And why did you not choose faith? See, church, so often um, we, we want Jesus to come down and calm our storm. We pray and say, do you not see what's happening? Do you not care about me? Do you not care that I'm drowning? This, 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 this. And we say, Jesus, can you just come down and put your hands up and give me a quick silence, be still, and then we can move on with our day and there'll be a great calm. It'll be awesome. We'll be super happy. Um, we want a mighty act from Jesus. Come down and do this out of something. Jesus wants us to have a mighty faith. I was talking to our executive pastor, Jim Props, and he said it like this. We were never promised the absence of storms just the presence of Jesus with us to calm either us or the storm. Never once does Jesus say, hey, I'm gonna calm every storm. But he does promise in every storm to be with us. 
And Jesus, we, we want him to calm our storms and he just wants us to have a mighty faith. So church, let me just ask you one more time. In the midst of your storm, will you choose to follow Jesus? In the midst of when your sunny skies turn dark and gray and scary and violent and they're threatening and they're disrupting, will you choose to follow Jesus? In the midst of what's happened this week, will you choose to follow Jesus to the point of everything that Jesus said is in line with what you're doing? Will you choose to follow Jesus? Because having faith is choosing to follow Jesus in the middle of your storm, not just if he calms them. See, when you have a faith like that, um, it changes the way you live. Um, in, the, in the middle of a storm that, that disrupts your peace, um, you, you don't worry about that. You know that Jesus is the prince of peace. And you know that the absence of difficulty doesn't bring peace, but it's the presence of God in your life that does. And so when you have that peace with you, when you choose to have faith, that, that peace can just go with you no matter what storm is hitting you. And will you choose, church, will you choose to have faith so that in the middle of the storm that, um, that, that, that ruins things, that ruins your future, ruins your plans, will you choose to know that Jesus is the one who holds your future in his hands and that he has a plan and that he is good even when it seems like things around you aren't? Will you choose in the middle of your storm that is threatening that is threatening your safety, your security, stability, to believe in the Jesus that is your rock, as your fortress, as your stronghold? And will you choose in the middle of a storm that's scary to listen to Jesus when he says, do not fear? The Bible says, do not fear 365 times. It's almost like it's once for every day, except for leap years, which are terrifying. <laughs> But having faith is choosing to follow Jesus in the middle of our storms, not just if he calms them. Will you choose? I just sat in here and listened to our church declare some powerful words during worship. I saw people raise their hands as it said, man, even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Will you choose to believe that? I saw a church that raised their hands and said, we believe in the goodness of God, that your goodness is running after me, even no matter what is happening, we choose to believe that. And I'm gonna invite you, um, we're gonna sing one more song that you might have never heard before. We don't normally sing it. It's called Highlands. And the history of it, um, as the Jewish people would, would travel up to Jerusalem, they would, they would sing these songs, they're called the Songs of Ascent. And it's, um, if you look in the book of Psalms, it's Psalm 120 through 134. And they would sing these songs and it was just like their praise songs as they're going to worship God. Like on the way to worship God, they're worshiping God. And the very first one, I just think about this, as they're walking up this hill to Jerusalem to praise God, the very first song that they sing talks, that the title would be God's Presence in Our Distress. And I think it's just beautiful. As they would go and travel for these, these festivals, the first thing they would sing was about how God was with them in distress. And I wanna invite you during this song to respond, but I'm gonna give you permission to respond in whatever way you feel you need to. We say that in life, we're either coming 
out of a storm, we're in a storm, we're about to go into a storm. And so maybe you're, you're in the moment right now where you're coming out of a storm and you have seen God calm your winds and your waves or you have seen how God has calmed you in the middle of the winds and the waves or now you're just now realizing that God was with you in the winds and the waves and what you need to do during the song is stand up and you might not know the words, but you need to worship in some way because man, God has moved. Now you see him differently and you're going to follow him differently. Do it. Maybe you're in the middle of a storm right now that's just so heavy that when this song starts and you see the words, you just can't even stand. And some of you think like, is that even possible? And some of you are like, oh my gosh, that is me so much right now. Let me give you permission. If you just need to stay seated and to read these words and just let that song be sung over you, do it. Or maybe you can see a storm on the horizon or you just have the wisdom to know that a storm might always be coming. And this song just needs to be a preemptive worship, your own song of ascent as you walk into whatever you're walking to. I just invite you to sing in that way too. Because having faith is choosing Jesus before, in the middle and after our storms. I'm gonna pray and we can worship together. Lord, we love you. Oh my goodness, Lord, you are so good and you are so big and you are so powerful and we have just talked about and studied your power today. And Lord, I pray that as we study your power and we look at how big and how awesome you are, that what it inspires us to do the most is just follow you even more closely that it inspires us to have more faith in who you are and what you're doing, even when it doesn't feel like the storms are being calm, we know that you're with us. God, I just pray that our church is authentic today in how we sing this song, that we have an authentic experience with you, and that God, we choose to follow you in every storm that we walk through. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can respond to this storm, this song, in any way you'd like.